Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three, two, one. Here he is. Mr. Paul Ifill, legend. Hello. How you doing, mate? You all right? I'm very well, very well. Thank you. I was worried about the, um, I was worried about the connection because obviously you're in for those who don't know, you're living in New Zealand now. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good connection. I mind you, you must do a lot of Skyping back home, but do you, I suppose? I, I do, I do, I do. I was trying to keep, keep in contact with the, with some of the, my old teammates and obviously some of my old schoolmates and stuff. So, um, we're pretty <laughs> lucky to have, have something this, this good, um, in Skype. Yeah, it's decent, mate. It's better, better than some of my cameras, if I'm honest. Well, um, <laughs> so you're, we were just talking off camera just before we started. So, you're actually in lockdown as well over there. Yeah, so we've, we've been in since, um, since Thursday. So, only a few days in. Um, it's been pretty comfy so far. Um, things are not too bad over here. We're pretty fortunate. We've had no deaths. Um, we've had, uh, I think we've got up to about 450 odd cases. So I think our government acted pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We saw what was going on in some of the other countries and just went, right, we, we need to get on top of this now. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we're, we're kind of lucky. Um, and hopefully we're, we're ahead of where some other places are. I bet it's, um, I bet it's not a lot nicer your surroundings than it is mine here where I live in, um, out in Bexley, I bet you still got your garden, nice weather, etc. And you, so it shouldn't be so bad for you. No, it's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I mean, a storm came through yesterday from nowhere because we've we, we just said just ending the summer and it's been quite nice. And then rain came for the last couple of days, so we've not been able to get out um, even in the garden. But you know, I, I, thinking about what some people must be dealing with, you know, and we're pretty yeah. fortunate here to even have a yeah. have a place to go and sit in the garden. You know, well, you teed me up, lovely. You said a storm. Some would say you was like a storm flying down that wind. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk, obviously, about your times at Mirwall. We spoke to some people from your era. It was an iconic era in the club's history, and definitely in my, you know, in my lifetime, I was sort of I'm the same age as you. So unbelievable times for us. And we're just going to look back on the things that happened, the things that um, you want to share with us, some memories you've got. Because I say we saw the football, but you know, a great group as well as a great bunch of players. There was, he was, you know, he was very close and a brilliant squad. So. Something I didn't know, I said, I've, I've said to you before as well, we went on now. I've made notes. I don't really need notes because I know a lot about you. But at the same time, 238 appearances, 40 goals in seven years. You 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 achieved a lot in, in your time. Well, I don't want to miss any of it. So I've sort of I've made a few notes. The one thing I didn't know in my era, um, I didn't know you started. I thought you'd come through the youth at Millwall, but you didn't, did you? Sort of. I only, I only did the, the second year. So second oh, year was of my white team. So, oh, really? Um, yeah, so I, as, as, as a younger kid, um, I, I'm born and bred in Brighton. 
Um, yeah. and I was in Brighton's uh, youth academy for a little bit of time there, but it was it was a shambles. I'd been going, I don't know, eight nine months with a couple of my mates. Um, probably would have been thirteen at the time, and. I remember going and we did a we we, we did this session and the, the coach who'd been coaching me for nine months went, Hey, son. I went I went, I'm you're not my dad. And he, and he goes he goes, No, I call everybody son. I said, You don't know my name, do you? And he said, Just move over there, son, carry on. I said I said, You don't know my name. I said, I've been co- you've been coaching me for nine months, you don't know my name. He said, No, I don't. I said, Well, I went. I remember going home that night, and I said to said to my mum and dad, I said, like, this is oh, this yes. place is a shambles. Like, they don't even know <laughs> our names. What, what are we doing? We're just, you know, putting money into a club that that, and they don't care about us. So, me and my two mates decided that day we we'd leave. So we all left. And to cut a long story short, one of my one of those guys was a guy called Joe Labs who ended up playing rugby for Bath and Bristol, and and now lives in France. My other mate ended up playing pro uh, playing as a pro golfer. So oh, we, nice. we all made right, right decisions. You're, you're, you're uh, like, you was all day. sporting inclined then. Yeah, yeah. So we got it. Right, we got it right. But um, from there, I had um, I think Watford picked me up for a little while. So I was at Watford for probably about a year. Then a new director of uh, youth football came in and 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 basically said, you know, uh, we'll call you, don't call us. Um, and my parents had to sort of explain what what that meant. Um, and then I was just playing local football. And I think I played made my debut at 16 in a team called Salt Dean. Um, yeah, because yeah. that, that's what that's what I looked at on the Wikipedia. It said you would play for Salt Dean and then um, yeah. found your way to Millwall. Yeah, so it's way way down the ladder. Salt Dean, a great little club though. To be fair, really good place to start. They love playing youth players. They stuck me in. I was playing up front, um, and we had an old uh, Millwall winger called Tony Towner. It was forty one, and he was playing right wing, and he was sensational. And I it's funny. Oh, sorry, I see a lot of people about him. On, I mean, he was before my generation, but you yeah. still see a lot of people say about him was an unbelievable player for me. Right. He, he was 41 years old, you know, a year older than me now, and he was unbelievable. I know it was a low level, but some of the things he did, I didn't realise it until later on in my career, but there was so much I copied from him when I played yeah. on the wing. So I wasn't I wasn't a winger back then, I was a centre-forward. So he, right. he was crossing balls in for me and it was making my job easy. I was scoring goals left, right and centre in a, in a men's team. And that's what actually led to me getting trials for Millwall. Decent. Um, so you say so you grew up in Brighton. Uh, you know, on the map, Brighton's not a long way from from South Bermondsey, but culturally, it's worlds apart. And how was yeah. that for you, going in and around the club and just getting a taste of our fan base and getting a taste of what was to come? Yeah, I, I mean, I I, I had my trial, um, poor, terrible trial to, to start with. Actually, I was awful. Um, they chucked me in against Crystal Palace, I remember. Like I said, 16-year-old kid in against Palace. And they that day, they had like Bruce Dyer playing for Palace and he'd just gone yeah, for a million pounds. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, he's 19 going for a million pounds. They've just, Millwall have just signed me for like two Mars bars. So it was pretty, <laughs> it was, it was pretty, pretty daunting. Um, well, they hadn't signed me, so they hadn't even signed me. I was, just, I was on trial. So went in and played the game. Didn't play well at all. And I was quite quick back in those days. And I remember just thinking, I just want one sniff. Give me one sniff. And the ball got... Ball got played in to me. I didn't get hold of it. Bounced back. Centre half decided to slide it back to the goalkeeper, and he underhit it. And I was off, mate. I was off. I was through. This is my moment. I thought, no, this is goal time. This is what I do. <laughs> Sprint it off. Sprint it off. And it was one of those times where you get so many thoughts going through your head because you've got so much time. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dink him. Now I'm going to go round him. Now I'm going to do a step over. I had all these things going for my head. And at the last minute, I thought, nah, sod that. I'm just going to whack it as hard as I can. 
And as I went to hit it, it took the tiniest little bobble. I completely missed the ball, fell over. Mate, I was, it was at the den, actually. I fell over. <laughs> I had bloody glass all over my face, dirt in my teeth. It was just one of those moments. And I wanted the ground to swallow me up. Came off the pitch, went up to the went up to the director's lounge, and, and my dad was up there. And my dad's not, not like a huggy type of guy, but he just put his arms out and gave me a big hug. It was that hug to say, unlucky son, you've, you've fucked yeah, this one right. up. You know, yeah, you've messed this one up. You come good in the end, mate, though. You come good in the end. come good in the end. Yeah, so they, they actually offered me a deal. Uh, Jeff Burnish came and came and saw me and, and Bob Pearson was up there and, and they said, look, how do you think you did? I said, that's terrible, I'm not ready for this. And they said, well, we know we know you're not ready for this level. We just wanted to see what you do. Oh, he was every honest, get... Yeah, no, he was dead honest. He said, look, every time you gave it away, you tried to win it back and then you give it away again and then you tried to win it back. He said, we just needed to know that you had that work ethic and we'll, we'll coach the rest. So yeah. here's a year's YTS. So that was it. So so sign that, you know, obviously over the moon. But but coming in, I, I just wasn't ready for what I found, I suppose. It was like I'd gone from Brighton, which is all pretty nicey-nicey, and, and you go yeah. into a change room full of lads, you know, South London boys. And, it, and it's yeah. different. And you're, you're, there, you're there to take their place. And I remember right at the start, me and Reedy clashed so badly. Did you really? Reedy, oh, Reedy, Reedy was horrible. It, I didn't <laughs> like him. He didn't like me, honestly. And it was only towards the end of that sort of first little bit of time that um, Kevin O'Callaghan had gone from the youth team as a youth team coach and they got Mick Flanagan in. No, another great winger, Kevin O'Callaghan, by the way. Oh, Kevin, unbelievable. Yeah, he was a decent, decent coach, great player. Um, but he'd gone. Mickey Flanagan came in, who was an old-school centre-forward um, back in his day, and he just chucked me and really up front in the youth team. And we sort of kind of had to find a way to, to work together. And it, and it worked a treat, and we played... We did really well in the in the youth team, and obviously, really sort of um, got his chance before I did in, in in the first team, which is which which was the right decision, by the way. Um, <laughs> but it was, but but you know, seeing him do that and seeing Tim Cahill do it, it sort of made me think I'm not too far behind these guys. I think Jeez. you know my chance is just around the corner. Mate, I'm I'm not I'm genuinely tingling tingling talking <laughs> like player the players. I look back now, I said something the other day. Look back now at that team, and you think how do we go? How do we almost go back to back promotions? But now look, thinking about it, we. Sh- an unbelievable score, but we'll get to that further down the line. Your debut, do you remember your debut? <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. Lincoln away. Cool. Lincoln yeah, away, well, my, yeah, no. I, I remember. I remember getting the nod because um, Reedy had been playing in the in the first team on the wing. So it was, I think Lucas Neal as well. Um, and I wasn't a winger back then, I was a centre forward. So they had a... One, something happened, Reedy got injured and Lucas got suspended all the other way around. But anyway, there was no right winger. I know that much, in in the whole bloody squad. So they had a reserve game and they played Daniel Hockton, if you can remember him. Danny Hockton. I remember Danny Hockton. Yeah, he came Hockton. through as a forward. He was a forward as well. Yeah. Yeah, Sands, yeah, he came through at the same time as Sads and I actually thought That's Hockton right. was better at first. Yeah, no, I did at first. I, I yeah. agree with that 100%. So they had, had them to um, come through. And then they played a reserve game and they, said to, they literally pulled me and Hockton aside and said, listen, you're both going to play right wing for 45 minutes. And you get both going to play up front for forty-five minutes, and whoever plays better on the right wing is playing on the weekend. And I'm thinking, shit, I've never played, I've never even played as a right winger, you know. Um, and Optum was, well, I think it was a year older than me, so I was thinking, you know, my chances are pretty slim. And he played in the first team, you know. So yeah, yeah. I just went out and, and and I played and I did what I thought, you know, I could, and and and, and I did all right. And then they pulled me after the game and said, you're, you're starting on the weekend, and I was like, shit. I remember ringing my mum, uh, ringing my uncle, saying, look, I'm, I'm making my debut. So they they made the trip up to Lincoln. I remember going up on the coach and I was trying to pretend I wasn't nervous. I was absolutely shitting myself. 
and all the senior boys were telling me to go and make teas and coffees on the coach and that. I'm carrying the teas and coffees back. I don't know how I didn't give myself third degree burns. I was shaking all over the place trying to bring oh, really? the teas back. Oh, I was so nervous. So it was frightening. But got out there and, and, and I did all right. Did so I Billy Bonds gave, it would have been Billy Bonds gave you your debut, is that right? It was, no, nah, it would have been Keith Stevens. Billy gave me my first contract. Right. Um, Keith, it was Keith Stevens and Alan McCleary. Um, and they just said, look, we just want you to get up and down, work hard, get your crosses in when you can get your crosses in, get your shots off. And I remember, I think we ended up being beat 2-0. But I remember hitting the post and I, and I was so overwhelmed that I'd hit the post and come that close to scoring on my debut. And I remember bringing up my mates on the way back. Oh, bloody hell, I hit the post. I was so close. Um, <laughs> so, so exciting. I thought, you know, this is it. I'm in. And then the, the following week, I was just out of the squad, I think, um, and, and didn't play again for, for, for weeks. Remember your first goal when it did come? I do, I do, because I'd been doing really well in the reserves and, and, and had scored goals in the, in the youth team and stuff. But by this point, they just chucked me on the right because I was quick. They chucked me on the right and I'd been a centre-forward. So yeah, I was yeah. finding myself in all sorts of different positions to what I was used to. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just the, the chances didn't seem to come a lot. Um, but it was weighing on me. And I remember, I, I think I'd gone 14 games without a goal. And obviously, because you've come through the youth team and the reserves with a bit of a reputation of scoring goals, it was expected. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was weighing quite heavy on me. Although there were people, you know, we had some good players scoring goals, so it wasn't too big a problem. Harris's um, squad's uh, sides. Ah, oh, mate, them two were, you know, bloody ridiculous. Um, obviously, later on, we had Paul Moody, Steve Claridge. We had, we had yeah. guys who could put the ball in the back of the net. It was yeah, no yeah, problem. 100%. But people scoring goals left, right and centre, I, I just couldn't get on the score sheet. And then um, I think we'd already played the LDV Vans trophy, and it was the last game of the season, and we were playing Preston. I remember Sads going down down the left-hand side and he just cut a ball back to the edge of the box. And I'd always been a guy who, at this stage of my career, just whacked everything. Just I just yeah. smashed everything. And, and as it came back, I thought, oh, I might just side-foot this. And I just side-footed it. And it just as soon as it left my foot, I thought, oh, my, that's in. And I remember it just curled around the defender and it just nestled in the corner and I, I lost it. I was off running. No one could catch me. Was, uh, <laughs> what, what, what a moment. Like, it was a goal that meant nothing. It, it, you know, in the big scheme of things, we, it weren't to go up. Yeah. Or, but yeah, to you, the first, one, oh, first one on the ball. Oh, it just, yeah, it just made me feel like I was a, I was a proper professional player. You know, that was that an yeah, yeah. oh, unbelievable moment. Did you get that sort of, so you, you played for non-league and then you sort of, you finally got your chance when you weren't expecting it out of position. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself at Wembley, yeah, playing, playing at Wembley in the final. That was that Ridic- Ridiculous. Absolutely. Did it sink in? Slight on cloud nine. That was amazing because a, a couple of years before, I'd been to work as a steward at the playoff final when Palace played, when Dave really? Popkins scored that, that last minute winner. Ginger fella with no teeth, I remember him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Because I mean, yeah. it was going extra time and we didn't want it to go to extra time because it meant more work for us. And so no more money. <laughs> no, exactly. And for no money. So I remember, I remember kept, I kept sneaking off my post because I was down in, sort of underneath it in Wembley. And I kept running up the stairs to see, you know, please somebody score, please somebody score. And I'll, I'll get to the top of the stairs and Hopkin rips an It was an absolute banger goal, by the way. Yeah, I remember it. Stink, I'm right in the top being, and I'm running down the stairs. Yes, we, we've got a winner. So at that point, it would have been the only the only time I'd ever celebrated a Palace goal. But yeah, we, we celebrated. And, and I remember <laughs> I was working working with my cousin and he, he'd followed my football all the way through. He said, you, he said you'll be playing in, a, in, a, in, a, in no time at all. I yeah, said, don't be stupid. He said, you'll be playing here in no time at all. And, and it came way quicker than I, than I ever thought. And obviously, we went on an unbelievable cup run that year. But it was the makings of the team that was to be, you know, a couple of yeah, years exactly on from that. that. 
Yeah, because um, like, did you get a sense of like, what am I actually doing, or did you think, no, fuck it, I'm, I'm good enough to be in at like that, at that stage? Nah. You, haven't played, you haven't played a lot of football, really, had you? Not, not loads nah, of like, some players play like the whole career and don't get to Wembley. So yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't feel like I belonged. It, it went by in a flash. I don't remember enough of it. I didn't. You know, we, we lost. I, I can tell you. I can tell you. We lost. Yeah, I know that much in the last <laughs> last minute again. Ridiculous. Because um, we played quite well that day, and uh, obviously we had you know fifty or thousand fans. They had bloody eight, and it was it was just one of them. It was all set up for us to get beat. You know what I mean? It was it was oh. ridiculous. Um, I still remember it full time. Gerard Lavin got his shirt and was waving it on the corner flag. Like, to all our fans, like we had so many fans. They, they they've just continually fucked us down the years. We're getting met so many times. Oh, playoffs! It, it's ridiculous. I hated them. Hated Wigan. <laughs> they were a good side. I give them. They were a good side, but I hated them. Yeah. Well, after that season, obviously your second season, ninety nine two thousand season, is, is more obviously an established pro. Then got a lot more games in, um, and we we come close again, again losing to Wigan, and we finish fifth. Ryan McCleary yeah. still um, was still yeah, managed. They got, they got sat the next year. Uh, Early in the September, yeah. Obviously, that was a lot of fans that now, even still myself, feel quite that was harsh, especially not just because not because they were legends, not just because that, but as as I say, we finished fifth in ninety nine two thousand, and you know it was very early in the following season when they did get sacked. But on reflection, we don't know. Hindsight, they could have done the same thing that McGee did. But I spoke to Tony Wall before, and he said that to be fair to McGee, did although they built the foundation to that team, McGee just took it to the next level. Yeah, look, I loved Rhino and Mac. I loved them. They, they they gave me a real opportunity to play professional football. So you know, you can never take that away. They were they were excellent with me, and they gave so many of us youngsters a chance. Yeah, and I think I think Tony's right there. It was it was built by them, and then McGee took it to another level that we we didn't know was probably possible. I mean, if I had to. Name the best coach I've ever worked under. For me, it was McGee. And I know people have got different things to say about him and maybe it hasn't mm. gone so well as I thought he would go afterwards. But, oh, my God, for, for me, he was absolutely fantastic. Took my game to the next level. I, lo- I loved him. I mean, some some Mill fans look back and, you know, uh, you know, my, my, uh, the, my sponsor of the channel said me the other day, if you please all Mill fans, you're doing something wrong, no matter who you are. If you're a player, <laughs> a manager, me doing this channel, yeah. like, you're never going to please everyone. But I, I, I felt that McGee didn't really get the... The credit he, and he deserves. Same with Dennis Wise later down the line. Down the line, but yep. McGee, I'll just I've written down there some of the players: uh, Sadlier, uh, Harris, Lucas Neal, yourself, Stephen Reid, Kinney, Cahill. It's just was it not just great players, but to say the togetherness in the dressing room was you just just buzzing to get in there every day and be around the boys. Yeah, for me it was weird because I'd only ever been at Millwall. I assumed that every club was like that. Didn't know how good he was. Had, you had great lads. Great banter. The coaching was good. The setup was good. Everything. And then I've been to other places, and you're like, "Oh shit, this isn't normal." Yeah. This is yeah, yeah. Well, it's so good normal. first time around. You didn't really nah. appreciate it. Oh, Probably didn't appreciate it, but when you went in other places, then me. I appreciated it. Then yeah. I looked and thought, "Oh well," and that's why we'd go, get to this later. But that's why you, you know, after I finished at Palace, I wanted to go back to Mill. Yeah. Yeah. Who did? Who had? Who was McGee was with him? What was? What was so good about? Was it his coaching as well, or his man not... management for me was unbelievable? Unbelievable. I remember the you talked about the hat trick earlier. That season, I was shit. I was. I was rubbish. Week in, week out, I was rubbish. And I remember going into. <laughs> so you wasn't. You was a bit of a. Not. I thought he was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. But you at times, you wingers in general can be a little bit of a luxury player, can't they? Oh, if they have an off day, if they have an off definitely. day. They might lose the ball, and people get. And you, you used to get a bit of shit, but I thought oh, you were I, I, The thing with me was, 
I kind of took the playground aspect of the game, and no, exactly and, and what for me, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I, I just love to beat people. And the the problem with that is you don't you can't do it all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. Lionel Messi can, but yeah. barring him, most people are going to lose it more than they than they go past somebody. And and I, that, I just loved it. That was what that was what gave me a buzz. You know, people like scoring goals. I, I love scoring goals, but for me, going past a defender and leaving him on the floor and, and, and trying to get you crossing and get you shot, and that was I, I love playing football for that. You so I, so I get why. No, I get why the fans were pissed off at times, but you know. You I think go as you as you that move trying to lose the ball, do you? you you're trying to do something no, no. to your team always. So that's well, how it's, I used it's, to see it. they base it on hard work, but you obviously you did work hard, but they're not we're not used to flair players. We're not really used to no, it. Even Jeb Wallace that. now, you know, we've got Jeb Wallace at the minute. I'm moaning about him all the time. He's fucking trying to do he's trying yeah. to do a step over in his own bot like but you gotta you know, you do need players like that around. We're we're we're, we're grateful to have him, you know, blessed to have him. Mm. No, I, I think so. I think if you can get the balance right, brilliant. But you know, I think with, with what we had then, with the players around us, I, I had a little bit of freedom, and 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 it was probably the, you know one of the best times of my career. But McGee was so good in his his man management of me, and giving me the confidence. And and I remember, like I said, that season I was, I was not very good at all, and I was getting a lot of stick. And I went in to speak to Mark, and I said, "Look, what? Why do you keep picking me?" I said, "Week in, week out, I just keep letting you down." He said, "Listen, you're training the house down." He said, at some point, you're going to translate that form from training to the game. And he said, if I give up on you now, what sort of man am I? He said, I can see yeah. it. it's going to come. And I remember that night, obviously, away at Cambridge. And he'd said to me before the game, he said, I think, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. And I've scored that game. I remember going in, in afterwards, giving him a big hug. He was nearly in tears because he knew that that was the kind of moment that he'd been waiting for. And I'd obviously been waiting for it. And then, you know, my career just kicked on from there, really. That was that was probably yeah. the turning point for me. He, he must have felt great knowing, like, you know, he's faith oh. in you, paid off. He's, like you say, his man management was spot on. And I'm surprised yeah. that since, really, he's not really, he sort of fell out of football. I don't know if his age played a part in that or what, but he sort of just disappeared off the scene eventually. But I'd, I'd say I thought he was a great manager. And obviously, he took us up uh, his first time of asking, would you, do you play a big part in that season? Because I'll be honest, I watched back early the Oldham game. Yeah. 1-5-0. I don't think you played. Was you injured? No, I didn't play. Um, so that was the last... The older oh. one was the last one of that season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was 5 nil. We'd already won the title. Yeah, I think I got injured. I think I'd got injured the week before, maybe. Because I was, I was on the pitch afterwards, walking around with a bit of, lip, of a limp, which I normally did anyway. Um, <laughs> but what I want to talk about is, during that season, just before the end of May, April 2001, Cambridge won... Millwall five, the greatest hat trick I've ever seen, especially live, probably ever. And again, like you, you saying earlier about Messi, I'm not saying you was Messi, but <laughs> what I'm saying is, if that was scored in the Premier League today or something, people would be going absolute ape shit. I was, um, I was a roofer at the time and working in Cambridge, so my mates yeah. came up and uh, met me that night. I remember they had Lionel Perez in goal, Cambridge, yeah. didn't they? He was a bit of the old Sunderland, but he was a bit of a legend yeah. down there. And you, you stuck three past him. We scored five, I and. Mean, Mate, just unbelievable. What do you remember about the actually? Do you remember the goals? Say, hey, say yeah, it. Say I remember that. everything, honestly. I went on it YouTube. Was... I went on YouTube years ago, and I think yeah. you'd uploaded the hat trick. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> just think, it's, my, it's my only one. It's my only one. Document. Harris up, uploaded his hat tricks. You'd be there all day, but I only got one. So. <laughs> Talk us through, mate. Uh, no, it was it, we were getting towards the end of the season, obviously, and, and we needed to win there, you know. And and Cambridge had always been a little bit of a tough game. They, they were a decent side, decent yeah. decent few players, Dave Kitts and Tom Youngs, you know, decent scorers, and and were hard work. And 
I remember we were, we were one one because Nether's Nether scored first, I think. Yeah, header from a corner, I think it was. Yeah, that's right. And then Tom Young's equalised, and it, it was it was game on. To be fair, um, and I did it. It sounds mad, but I didn't actually play that well on the night. Apart from you take the three goals away, I actually didn't do anything. Reedy yeah. that night was unbelievable. He was unplayable. He set me up for all three goals, and he he had he, he was playing left wing, and he had the right back on toast. Like he, he just could not live with him. And I remember every time he got the ball, I just thought. He's going to beat his man. There's no question he's going to beat his man. And if you if you watch the the, the first goal, he he does that and it and it gets played in. And it gets headed out to me on the edge of the box. And as it as it drops, I just thought, oh, I might as well hit this. Just sort of volleyed it and sort of steered it into the corner. No, no, it, I'm pretty happy with the finish. And 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 you know you go away, you scored a goal, and, you, and now you're feeling like right, you know I've done my bit for the game. I've I've, I've earned yeah. a little bit of. Uh, bit of kudos I can probably take my man on a little bit and lose it a little bit more than, than I would because I've, of course I've got yeah yeah the, the <laughs> in front. and then again really gets the ball uh late after I think uh Claridge has scored as well um so I think we were 3-1 up at this point really gets the ball again turns his man inside out and um as he was crossing he was kind of falling over and I thought Shit, he's not really going to get much on this I'm going to sort of run across the near post and see if it goes in there and it just it just came perfectly I've sort of had to dive and hit it with my left foot. So it was just a weird finish, one that I'd never really even practised. And I remember it, as it left my foot, I thought, this gas going in as well. And Perry's <laughs> just going to get there. It's, got, it's gone in the near post. So that's two. And at this point, I'm thinking, bloody hell, double. Like, I did, didn't score many doubles. Thinking, yeah. You never score many tappings, though. You always, always score good goals. Yeah, I, I should have got a lot more goals, mate. I always miss tappings. I was never in the right place to bloody score the tappings. I should have got a lot more goals than I did for Millwall, that's for sure. But... Um, Come on, and in the match ball. Yeah, so the third was was one of them that you don't even take the strike on if you haven't scored the first two, to be honest. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Really, really got it again. And I'll always remember because he burst through the, <laughs> through the midfield. And as he as it left his foot to go to me, he'd already shout, he was already shouting, shoot, shoot. And I took a touch, took another one, and I looked and I thought, shit, he's, he's you know, he's way out of position. If I can just hit this hard near post, yeah. I've got a chance. And I, look, I, I wasn't aiming for the absolute top corner because obviously it was postage stamp. But again, yeah, yeah. another one let, it let, left my foot and I thought he is getting nowhere near that. Still rising then, when he went in. Oh, mate, still rising. Uh, and I was off. And it was just, oh, the elation. Even talk about it now, the elation. Jeez, it was just oh, amazing moment. And all the boys were there. They were buzzing for me. And then got in the changes afterwards. And obviously I said, you know, give McGee a big hug. And, and he, he, he had a little speech and said, you know, look, that's what we've been waiting for. That's I, I, I knew I've backed you all along. I knew you had it in you. And, and it, oh, what a moment. It was magnificent. Sounds unbelievable. He didn't try and take your match ball off. He did you and take it over. <laughs> no, no one was taking that. That was in the bag. That was signed and in the bag. Don't worry about Do you that. know what? But like in, in, back in the day and all, the, like, like, always said, always say the kits were baggy. The pitch that uh, that night was rough as arseholes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like was. perfect playing services and no. like, boots with fucking bits on that can make the ball swaz a little bit more. It was <laughs> bog standard then, wasn't it? It was fucking mate, it was it was. unbelievable. Actually, behind the goal as well, obviously where all the fans were. And I think I think that night then I just we, we just we were just hurtling, mate, to walk towards that title, weren't we? Yeah. And that no, don't happen often. Yeah. We've been up through the playoffs a couple of times, but to outright win the league comfortably like we did, it was it was fucking great. But again, look, it was, it was no surprise with the team we had. Mm. Going back to Reedy there, you brushed on it earlier. You said you you hated him, we didn't get on with him. Obviously, by this point, you're. Oh no, we were, we were real good mates by this. Yeah, point. yeah. That, what that, what that, were the that characters really like in that dressing room? No, that was that was really on early on in the youth team. You know. Um, yeah. 
If you I walk in, I don't even know if I've told him if I've ever told him that. So when he sees this, he's like, we're laughing. But I, I no, we, we got on, we got on famously after that, and, and we're still mates today. And you know, top yeah. top man, top player. Um, you know, one he's one of my best mates. Football. Still doing well in football, wasn't he? Still working. Mate, he was he was always going to. He was always a thinking man's footballer. You know, so it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Um, and and had an absolute hammer of a right foot, Jesus. Yeah. Mates, you you two together in that midfield, Kale. So say you walk into the dressing room on a Saturday. You walk in. Who's doing what? Who's early? Who's late? Who's quiet? Who's causing havoc? Got um, uh, Musk, he got um never caught making animal noise. He's frying up, and you spoke to him before. Yeah, yeah. Never's walk always in. frying up. You had Timmy. Timmy was always like a ball of energy, bouncing around. Reedy was always pretty chill. Just just you know just sitting there listening to his music if if he had that on or just having a chat. Um, Tony was always either pranking somebody or giving somebody <laughs> shit. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah, Matty. Matty was one of my best mates. Matty was Matty was Mister OCD, so he had like flipping eight different bottles that had to be, you know, one inch apart and right. Yeah, one up first, and yeah, he was he was mad. So I you travelled up with him. Did you, you travel up with Matty Lawrence? Didn't you yeah, from... so Matt, Matty lived just around the corner from me. So like we, it's, so when we were at Palace as well, we travelled together. So you know, again, Matty's Matty's one of my you know best mates. So. Moved out to well. America, now, he? He moved out in America. He's in America, yeah. He's in America. He's uh, he's working in. Uh, I think he had a journalism degree or an English English lit degree, so he's he's used that and he's cleverer than he looked. Then, journey. mate, he was super smart, mate. One of the smartest <laughs> top labourers. Yeah, much cleverer than he looked. <laughs> so we would say with that squad and say you was very talented players, but together this must have helped. And in the next season, Bosch, you almost go back to back. We make the playoffs again, two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Yeah. A couple of additions we got in that you mentioned there was obviously Claridge and yeah. Dion Dublin. With you being obviously first team choice, regular established on a wing, did you, if I'm thinking of myself, I'm a winger, not I ever was, sticking crosses in and you, the thought of like Kale uh, running on, Harris being in the box, Sads, uh, Moody, you had, like, and then Claridge and D- Dublin as well. Yeah. Like, do you just think, I've only got to put this into that area and someone's going to get on the end of this. I was a terrible crosser of the ball the first few years of my career. Awful. Like, honest, no, I remember. It. Like, it, that's why the fans used to hate me the first couple of years. I, I beat three men. Th- I beat three men and then kick it in the stand, and then and then I, then I beat four men and, and and then hit the first first defender. You know, like trying to cross yeah, it. Yeah. So I used to frustrate myself, and I used to work on my crossing honestly on a daily daily basis, just over and over again. And they those forwards helped me by coming out and explaining what they wanted. And I remember the first, I think my first full season, the year, so after that first, after the LDV, the, the next season, I think I ended up getting 11 goals. I got 19 assists that year. Jesus. And, 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 and not one decent cross. They were, they were bad <laughs> crosses that, that, that Chopper would probably get on the end of and make something out of them, you know? Made them look good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, made them look good. Like they'd be bouncing in and horrible and he'd take a chest, turn a defender and put it in the net and I'd get an assist for that thinking... Now they give that to me when Chopper's just had to do something, you know, sensational to put the ball in the net. But that that was where how it went until you know a couple of years later I did start getting better. Um, and like you said, you know, Paul Moody, geez, you could put the ball anywhere and he was he was going to out jump somebody. Sads was the same. Then Dion Dublin and Claridge was a wily old character. You know, he 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 always couldn't work him out. Claridge, I couldn't work him out. He didn't look like he should be any good at football. He wasn't quick. He weren't a target man. What, what was like, he good at? But he managed, but he always put the ball in the net. He was um, just a natural goal scorer man, when he scored hundreds of goals all yeah. across his career. But you look yeah. at him like you, if you saw him in the street or saw him on a pitch, you'd think he's won a competition. I like, don't even look no, like a football. 100%. Like his pads all over the place, 
his shirt untapped. It was always like three sizes too big. And, and, and he just, like you said, he just looked slow. But, mate, he, oh, God. He always picked up positions that defenders hated. He always had the run on them, even though he wasn't quick. He was always in a position where they had to look over their shoulder. Then, bang, he was in front. Mate, he was he was a good player, Clarice. He was good. He was very good. We came close. If you had to pick, yeah, then that is, is, a, is a tough one. If you had to pick of who was the best out of that bunch, I know they're different sorts of strikers. If you had to say, if you had, in the, you know, today they play like one, a lot of teams play one up front. Yep. If you had one in the middle there, it, who would you have? Uh, Dion Dublin didn't play a lot for me, all did he? Dublin, Harris, yeah. Sadlier, Claridge, Moody. Oh, bloody hell. Um, it's tough on it. I'll put you on the spot there. Look, I, I think you'd have to go Harris because he's got the goals in the bank. He's, he's yeah. got, you know. But I honestly think the best of them would have been Sadler. Yeah. Would have been. That is a shame, mate. mate. He, he was, mate, we played, I remember playing West Brom. He made, Darren Moore was an absolute monster. He made Darren Moore look like a little baby. He, he was picking him up, put him in his pocket. He, Darren Moore didn't have a clue, didn't know what to do. He is that the night we won 2 0? Yeah, when it, it was on TV. It was, That's it was, right, it was, yeah, it was yeah. Mate, he was unbelievable that night. And I yeah. remember thinking, you're doing that to a guy who's played a lot of Premier League games. Yeah. And he was on the path, Sads. He was, he was going to go all the way, I'm telling you. He would have been, you know, you talk about Reedy and Timmy, they had great careers, and I'm not knocking them by any stretch. But I think Sads could have gone past all of them. Yeah, a lot of people say that. It's such a shame what he had to end his career early, didn't he? He nearly came, he nearly made a comeback, didn't he? He ended his career and then he he nearly made yeah. a comeback at one point. But yeah. unbelievable player. And as I said earlier, to go from similar to yourself, like you thought, hang on, what's going on here? They could play me on the wing. I've, I've played in a trial and fell over and kicked me, kicked, kicked the floor. Now I'm playing here. Same with Sad. Hockton was better. They came yeah. through at the same time. Hockton was better. Yeah. I didn't really think a lot of Sads didn't even. Yeah. Sometimes you think a player's not great, but you can see they got something. I didn't even think he looked like he had that something. But I, I agree. Mate, I agree. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, unbelievable. It was it was a, a mixture of, of people. McGee showing a bit of faith in him. Ray Harford was was massive, and I always remember there was one training session, and I've used this book now since I've started coaching actually. And the session was going on, and Sads was trying to play fucking one touch and couldn't get it undone. It was just horrible. And Ray stopped the session. He went, Sads, I'm going to give you something now that's going to cha- change your game. And he said, Boys, I want you to listen to it. He said, I want you to get used to taking two touches. Every time you get it, look at the look at the fucking size of you. You're a monster. He said, get hold of it, pass the ball. That's all I want you to do from now on. And he said, the boys around you will get used to the fact that you play two touch and you play two touch only. Yeah. And it was like, and it was like a light went off in my head. I thought, it's such a simple bit of coaching. And you know what? From that moment on, the ball would be played into sad. He'd take a touch, he'd set it off and he'd get in the box. Just gets everything quicker as well. Completely changed his game. It was yeah. ridiculous. He played, trying to play, and then after a little bit of time, you know, a year later or whatever, when he would worked that out, he could play his one touch every now and again, and that would work too. So, from one super simple bit of coaching, he yeah. actually changed his game, and he'd actually made us realise what we needed to do to help him. And all of a sudden, things just went crazy for him. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, but mate, and like I was just saying, your career at Mill was a joke. It's been, I look back, um, obviously I sometimes look at everyone's, a few people's Wikipedia if I'm trying to get in touch with people. And I, I, like Joe Dolan, thought he was a great player. I looked at him, but God, God bless him, you know, he was always injured. So he, yeah. he, was at, he was at the club seven years, played 40 times. You was at the club yeah. seven years. So far we've got through, broke into the first team, played at Wembley, got promoted, nearly got promoted again. Mm. It's all like, it was, it was very, it was a very active time, wasn't it? It wasn't, it, it was, was never a dull moment. No, that's right. Going back to Joe, mate, Joe's another one. Joe, I think, could have gone on to do what the likes of Timmy and Reedy did and, and yeah. play in the Premier League. Like, 
such an athletic for a big man. He was so athletic, so sharp, quick, proper old school man. defender oh, and all, wasn't he? Like just oh, fucking... mate, he was a rash. He was horrible to play. I played against him in training. Top top man. He's out in Australia now. Actually, I, I catch up with him on the regular. But he's no, nah, he was he was such a good player. And and again, another one who just had such a tough time with injuries. Somewhere along the line, Mark McGee gets leaves the club. Yeah. And all this great stuff we've dis- we've discussed, it just gets better now. Like it just yeah. gets outrageously, stupidly good. Yeah. Like pivotal moments in in players' careers that you no not many would ever achieve. FA Cup final, Europe, yeah. just uh, just brilliant, brilliant time. So. McGee goes. Obviously, Dennis Wise was already at the club. Yeah. What, what? Do you remember much about the transition between those two? One going out, one coming in. Yeah. Look, why? Why he come in? And was it was we were worried with why is he coming in? I'm not going to lie. And it was a bit like when Muscat came in. You know, these guys have got a reputation, and you're thinking, you know, do we want this guy at the club? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, Millwall had a reputation of being, you know, no one likes us, we don't care, and it was that was sort of seen as why we signed Wisey. Yeah, it was seemed like perfect minute, fit. Yeah. yeah, perfect fit. But the minute he came, the first day he came into training, we were like, "Bloody hell, this guy's unbelievable!" Like, because he was old. Bearing in mind, I think he's <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah. Um, and we thought, nah, he must have, must be, his legs must be gone by now, but he, he was one of the fittest in training. He could put the ball wherever you wanted him to put it. He could still get around. And we were like, bloody hell, like we've, we've got lucky here. And he was just a great, great lad. Um, we we didn't think he'd you know ever be our coach or anything like that. But yeah, yeah. with with McGee and him, it, it seemed to work. And then things slowly um, started going to shit. And I, I don't even know why. But we just a lot of us, a lot of the so-called better or bigger players were not on it. We're not at it for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah. And I remember when I heard the news that that McGee had been sacked, and and we played. I think it was home against Preston. Or Norwich, I can't remember, but I was awful. And he got sacked the next morning and was clearing out his stuff in the in the thing. And I went, I went in to see him, and I was like, I "You're was so, honest, you're so honest, by the way." <laughs> nah, <it's fucking, laughs> this is is there's no point beating around the bush. Um, 
That's all you said so far. I was awful. This shit was, my cross was no, awful. No, I was at times. I was at times. Bloody hell. There's some good times. Like, sorry. But um, no, I went, I went into the office. I, I was in tears. I was in tears because this was a man who'd done so much for me. Like I was, there was a stage early on with with Mark where I wanted to quit. I'd rang my agent and told him just to get me out of football, not not get me a move, get me out of football. I wanted to go back to Salt Dick. That's that's where oh, my really? head was at. Yeah, well, no, I was gone. Was, was it like, the pressure yeah, was, of it all? And... The pressure, and I just felt like I was letting people down, and I wasn't good enough. And it was just, why am I doing this? And and he he talked me around to be fair and said, look, you, you know, you're being silly. Take a bit of time, blah blah blah, and and he'd just been sacked, and I'd just played poorly, and I sort of put the two together and sort of said, "Look, I'm so sorry, I was so bad last night, blah blah blah." And he said, "Look, don't think, don't think I got sacked because because you, you little shit last night. You know, this 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 has been this has been coming, and you know, hopefully this is best for the club, and yeah, we'll stay yeah. in touch, and, and and look, you can go on, and you can you can play in the Premier League, and blah." He sounds so like a top man, to be honest. No, he was for me. Like you know, he'd just been sacked. He was obviously out of out of work. And he was worried about me. He was like, you know, yeah, you, yeah. don't don't let the work we've done go to waste. Basically, go and go and show people what I believe, and I believe you can play in the Premier League. Go and show people what you're about. And I was like, I came away from that feeling better straight away, and thinking, shit, this guy's an absolute top man to be thinking of this sort of stuff when you know he's dealing with what he's dealing with. So what? So when Wisey took over, was it because Wise was already at the club? Yeah. Was it a complete sort of change in structure or would it just sort of peter along no. as it was? No, he didn't, cha- he didn't change too much. We, it, we thought it was going to be really hard. All the players thought, oh, this is going to be so weird. He's been our teammate. It's going to, you know, yeah. he's going to have to change. He's going to have to, you know, blah. Nothing changed. Not, the only thing changed that was, was it, you know, I suppose the words before him. So it was Dennis Wise coach. That was, you know, there was nothing... It was nothing different. It was it was odd. It was like, oh, you know, Dennis can't come out of us anymore. He, he still came out of us. He was still drinking just as much as us. He was still <laughs> taking us to this bar and that bar. And it, no, it was weird. It was just like it was oh, almost really? like everything that you shouldn't be doing, he was doing, and it was working. And that's, he was just, that's, that's that's the thing like with football these days. It's so regimented. The yep. players, there isn't a drinking culture anymore. That, but back then, you hear a lot of stories like from other other podcasts and stuff I watch that. If 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 you it works on the pitch, the gaffer will go for just it's fine, just crack on with it. As as it yeah, he said if you get if you're playing well, do, just keep doing your thing. And we'd go out on a Tuesday night up into town, and we'd have Wednesday off, and then we'd train Thursday, train Friday, and we'd go out and beat someone on the on the weekend. And it it just seemed to work, and the, and the boys really liked him, um, and he was still playing. And obviously, we had Ray Wilkins there, who was an absolute legend, by the way, like unbelievable yeah. coach, top top man. Um, you know, obviously, for him to be gone is oh, it's devastating. That's that hit me hard. Yeah. Um, but, fuck, the, the two of them just got it right, and you know that run to the to the cup final was just ridiculous. Well, it's, that's what I was going to get onto was was the cut run that we went on. We, although we didn't have to play, you know, we got to the semi final before we. Tranmere away was a difficult one. Muscat missed a penalty at home, yeah. and it went away. And Harris and Kale scored two great goals, but. The semi-final, obviously, iconic uh, for another one of your misses. <laughs> a brilliant a brilliant run, cut inside, left foot. Mark Poom saves it and Kale sticks in the rebound. What was that like, you know, being Old Trafford and just oh, the atmosphere? I, can, I can't I can only imagine, but you, to hear out of your yeah, mouth, no. great. The, the cut run was itself was, was magnificent. And like you said, we hadn't really played. And we, I think we played Burnley early on and we were a decent side in our league. And then we just managed to get all the plum ties all the way through, really. And then yeah, yeah. E- even the semi, you're looking at the semi-final, semi-finalists. <laughs> it was Arsenal, Man U, us and Sunderland. 
sat there going, please, please, please give us the other. Um, and and when, when we saw that come out, both both sides must have thought, you know, this is the best opportunity we're going to get to play in an FA Cup final. Um, and then again, remember going up there the day before, and I wasn't nervous. It was weird. With the, with the semi, I wasn't nervous at all. I, that, that year, we were playing some good stuff in the league. And I thought, I don't care who we're playing in our league. We, we're good enough to beat them. And I remember before the game, Wisey was, you know, going around pumping the boys up and he'd, he'd, he'd come over to me because I was playing against um, George McCartney and Julio Arca on my side. So they were quite... Oh, Argentina, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's right. So they were quite decent down our side. And, and Wisey was worried. I remember him saying to me, listen, you've got to do a shift here. Because Arca's going to be Arca and McCartney are going to be doubling up on Matty, and if you don't track back and help, yeah. and I said, don't worry about that. They're going to have to worry about me going the other way. They won't have time to be. I won't need to be defending today. And he said, look, if you get if you get an opportunity, make sure you you hit one of them hard. And I, look, I won't renown for my tackles at all. But about fifteen minutes in, into the game, and ball, ball slid into Arca. He took a big touch, and I went and absolutely cleaned him up. <laughs> I remember what, what, why is he came? Why is he came running over to me? And he gave me a slap on the bum, and he was like, hey, I bet he loves that." No, he was buzzing. He was buzzing, and um, you know, we we were playing well. Um, and I remember McCartney went to take a sort of little touch, and he hadn't seen me. And I managed to nick it off him, go past him, and then I sort of did a little chop inside. And I was reading the thing the other day, and Tim K was doing an interview, and he was talking about his defining moment in football. And it That's was it. the yeah, goal yeah. in the semi-final. And I missed mine, obviously, because if I'd have stuck it in, it'd been my defining moment in football. <laughs> so, but I should, I should have took another touch. I should have took another touch, made the keeper move his feet and just slid it in the corner. But at this point... To be I'm fair, still... to be fair, Timmy's hit that. And he, from the from the original camera angle, it looks like a great goal. But it, it took a massive deflection, didn't oh, it? It, to it, go... took, it takes a big deflection. It could easily yeah. have not gone in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so it's uh, I, I should have scored. Avon is hit his chest. And as... I'm thinking, oh my God, I've missed an absolute sitter. Look around, Timmy's running in, hits it, it tips the deflection, goes in. Timmy runs off, and obviously you've got that iconic photo of him in front of the fans with his shirt around his head and all that. Harris behind him, yeah. Oh, brilliant. As I'm running to catch him, I put, I tear my groin. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that shows you how injury prone I was, right? So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to catch him, and I'm thinking, shit, I've, I've, I've probably done my groin here. And I'm thinking, I can't come off. Now, oh, I look like a tit. So, <laughs> so the game restarts, and I'm like, so I think, oh, maybe, maybe it's one of them that it's a, it's a, it's a you know, it's, it's a, it's a muscle spasm. Maybe I can just run this off. Yeah. And the ball comes to me the next time when I take off on a run, and I'm like, oh my god, put my hand up, go down. I get stretched off in an FA Cup semi-final for a for a sore groin. About, I'm lying in the in the treatment room like in bits, and about 20 minutes later. Muskie walks off with a flipping broken kneecap and a broken knee and God knows what. So that that tells you what he was about. I'm stretched off with a little he's... sore groin and he's flipping walking off. <laughs> he'd, he'd have hopped off if he'd lost the leg, Muskat, when he was a fucking... Yeah, no, that's hey, right. What that's, was he that's, like? That's I mean, right. everyone knows what he was like. There's um, there's an iconic photo of him with Milan Barros around the throat. I think it was in like a <laughs> cut match against him. What was he? Was he exactly like off the pitch as well? Or was he nah, different when he went across the white line? Nicest, nicest guy ever off the pitch. Nicest guy. Never, never had a problem with him. When he when he signed, the boys we were all together. I remember it, and we were like, "Oh my, why are we signing this guy? Like he's a lunatic." Because he's, we in, he's ended a few careers. Oh mate, yeah, it's a horrible, horrible player on the pitch, right? <laughs> so he'd been in like I don't know, maybe a week, maybe 
10 days and we played away against Watford on TV. And I remember buzzing because we had a TV game because back in the championship, you just didn't get TV games. You got one a year or something. So I think I'd scored actually in that game. We were one all. We were going quite well. And um, Muskie comes running out with the ball and he's got the ball at his feet and Danny Webber's like falling in front of him. Muskie just stamps on him like for no reason. Muskie's got the ball. It's not like he needs to win the ball. He's got it. Stamps on him, gets sent off. We end up getting, I think we end up getting beat 4-1. McGee comes in and absolutely loses it. You, see you, I bring you to the fucking club and you do that. You do anything like that to me, to, to, to us again, you will never play for this club again. And, oh, really? And then he made him captain a few weeks a few weeks later after that. Yeah, it was like... the best move ever. It was the best move ever, honestly. So him having the red card, the way McGee dealt with it, and then making him captain. What a captain. Unbelievable. It, with him on in, on your side, you always felt that no matter what shit went down, he was going to look after you. Another player I've missed out there, and, and it's one I really rated as a forward. You know, when I said you picked the best forward, mm. Danny Dicho, what was he like? Well, as a, as a fucking, he was a wow. unit. He, he was another one. You could just put it anywhere. Put it anywhere high. He used to munch them up, the meters, didn't he? Oh, like, he, he, used to, he used to munch them up. And <laughs> there's a funny one with Dicho. So... Talking about Muskie and Deech, Muskie used to have this whistle and he could do that. I think Tony's talked to you about this. He could do this mad whistle without putting his fingers in his mouth and it was like a ref's whistle. Right. So he used to do it in games and, and we used to... So if, if like their centre forward would go through on goal and he was in, Muskie would just whistle and the centre forwards so many times would just stop and we'd go back, we'd, we'd go around, sweep it up and, and carry on and, and their centre forward would be looking around going, hold on a minute. So... So, so we're playing. We're playing. I think it was away at Crew, and um, the ball's been played over the top for us this time. And Deech is through on goal, one on one. So, he, and, and, but he's being chased down by their their centre half. So Muskie gives it a gives it the whistle. Deech stops and picks the ball up. Oh my god! <laughs> so we're like at half time. Deech, that's Muskie. If, if, if you hear that, just keep playing. Just keep going. Um, <laughs> Why did Muskie do it? Uh, I don't know, he just used to be like, and it just used to fire out, and it was just, in the end, he, he got banned. He got banned because the refs, refs were onto him. Oh, refs, really? Refs came, yeah, the refs, uh, the head ref or whatever he was back then, Key Packet, or whatever he was, came down to the, the training ground and said to us, look, you've got to stop doing this because it's it's bringing the game into disrepute. You know, the refs are onto you now. If you do it, you're going to get a yellow card, do it again, you're going to get a red card. He, Not only that, game, you just, you just lost each other another goal. <laughs> yeah. No, but we, mate, the amount of goals we scored because of it, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, good player. He's a very good player. Top top guy as well. Really, really nice guy. He's over in Canada now, I think. What try and goal? Canada. He's a legend, legend over there. He scored the first, I think the first ever goal for Toronto in the MLS. Right, uh, a diving header, actually. Not surprised. He used to, he used to munch them up, mate, didn't he, into the box. He used to, he did. Fucking brilliant, mate. But it's just unbelievable times. I just think, looking back, it was unbelievable. Maybe it's because it's in the past. It's a little bit more nostalgic. Will we look back at the current times in years to come and go, that's fucking unbelievable as well. But I don't think many teams will get near the team you was in. Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I, I hope they do. I really hope they do. It'd be good to have some really, really good times back. But oh, bloody hell, I don't think we knew how good some of those boys were going to become, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, like, like I said, a lot of those boys ended up playing in the Prem. You know, Reedy, Tim Cahill, Tony Warner, myself, not not for long, but there was Darren Ward. There was a lot of guys that went on yeah. and had, had really good careers. And I think at the, at the time, that was probably uh, you know, a million miles from where we thought we were going to end up. 
and, and, and some of the others that, that didn't quite make it that, in my opinion, would have. Joe Dolan, Richard Sadler, Neil Harris, if he, if he hadn't had the, the cancer, cancer worries, you know. Yeah, so, he lost the pace, didn't he, after that? Yeah, he, he did. And, and for him to come back and do what he did in the end was absolutely ridiculous. And it shows mm. what he's all about. So, so yeah, I, I, I look back and think there was so many different parts to that squad. And, I mean, we've not even talked about Christoph Kinney as well. What a player Mate, he was. Do you know what it is? I can see your whole... I'm sitting at a desk. I can see you holding your phone. I don't want to... Drive you mad. That's all it is. But I'll sit here all night and talk about it. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. I'm all right. Don't worry about that. My computer's broken. <laughs> what about um, yeah, coming in Kine? We've we've been to see Kine, haven't we? Me and me and Denzel went yeah. to see him, mate, and he was fucking mate. He nearly died about a month before, and he was like, "No, no, come, still come. I can't wait." And he, yeah, he was nah, he was on top form, mate, and he's like his legs were hanging off and that, but he was just yeah. unbelievable banter still. What a guy! Top 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 guy. Um, he, you know, he was he was about five foot two on tiptoes, Christoph, but he was. <laughs> He was so fiery, so fiery. And you, you'd want him on your side if you're having a tear-up, I tell you. Top, yeah, top guy. That magnificent left foot. So much ability. Uh, I mean, I think he used to annoy people because he had so much ability and half the time he looked like he wasn't bothered. But, yeah. he, but, but he was, you know. He, he was a, he, similar to me in, in that he wanted the ball all the time. He wanted to beat his man all the time. But, I mean, he, he could put a ball wherever he wanted. I, I certainly couldn't. But he, his left foot was... He had a beautiful left foot, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He had a great left foot. Right. One game that I want to speak to you about because I did a video on it the other day. And I remember... I remember us hammering West Ham, the yeah. Mother's Day Massacre. But yeah. looking back, mate, honestly, it was more impressive than your, than your fucking hat-trick at Cambridge. Mm. It was ridiculous how good you was. Um, yeah. I think I sent it to you. I've watched it a few times, mate. I, I love that. That that was one of my best performances in a Mill shirt. I'm it was ridiculous, and, and I and I didn't bloody score. Um, but yeah, I remember. I remember the, the first goal. Christian Daly tucked in and the, the you, you left foot cross. Yeah, before, it, before that, right? You'd won the penalty and all. You've yeah, done a left, yeah. took the ball over Everett and Z to take it away from That's Everett's right. absolutely wiped you out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, the video I did the other day, they like a watch along with it and cop like talked about it. You okay. was fuming, but I don't know why, because you've been given the penalty. You was on your yeah. knees. <laughs> I've watched it back. I've watched it back, and I don't know what I was asking for. Like, two, no, you got the pin, that's it. Do I want two? I was thinking, what are you asking for? The refs give the pen. I don't know why. You, you was like, you was like... Nah, nah. I obviously wanted something extra. I don't know what I was asking <laughs> for either. I can't, I can't work it out. <laughs> but, mate, just like, yeah, talk us about what you, you remember about that day, your performance that day. It was fucking outrageous. Outrageous. I just always... I always liked playing West Ham because I always felt it was that bit extra with the fans. And yeah. I always, all the boys used to talk about it, you know, you win, you win today and everything else will be forgotten. You know, oh, it doesn't yeah. matter where you finish in the league. Do you know what I mean? And I remember going into that game and but by the way, they had a side. They had a top team that day. Right? Some players who, who, who yeah, went yeah. on and did some good stuff in the game. Like you said, Etherington, like Marlon Harewood. Players that were playing in the Prem in, in years to come and we absolutely dismantled them. And, it could have been more. We, we missed been, two penalties. Missed two penalties. Four yeah. one could have been six at least. No, that's what I mean. Timmy should have got his hat trick, and we've been practicing pens all bloody week. Um, and then he flipping sticks that one in the stand. But uh, we were we were almost unplayable, and every everybody put a shift in that day. Like we weren't getting beat. It didn't matter what happened that day. The FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, at Cardiff. What, what's your yeah. memories of that day? Right, and the game, the players you oh. played against, unbelievable. Yeah. So. It's a funny one for me, the FA Cup final, because 10 days before the FA Cup final, my, my missus then broke up with me. And I'd been with her like six years. And Absolute so bombshell. My, oh, thanks no, for that. My head, my head was in bits, I remember. 
and I said to her at the time, I said, when she did it, she took me to a bloody TGI's, which was my favourite restaurant as well. So she ruined that for me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Could, mate, could, could, hey, couldn't go to TGI's for about the next two years because of the memories. Oh, killer, killer, killer. Used to love the wings as well, buffalo wings. Anyway, so <laughs> took me to a TGI's in Crawley. Gives me, gives me a pie. I've got to drive all the way back home to bloody Brighton drop her off and I'm, I'm absolutely like devastated like six years I thought she was a girl for me I was going to marry her have kids blah blah yeah, yeah. blah and I remember saying to her when she was doing it I said you do realise that in ten days time I'm playing the FA Cup final I said we've been together six years why couldn't you have got rid of me in two weeks like after I've played in it I, 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 that's the only thing I she, she probably, she's probably back man United minus three or something like that <laughs> <laughs> just, just wanted to make sure <laughs> so, so nah I was I was just bits and I remember so we're doing all like we're doing the FA Cup song, we're doing the the suit fittings, all the stuff that should be unbelievable. All yeah. I'm doing is checking my phone to see if she's texted me, see if I had a missed call from her. I got, my head, head was gone, and at the time, Ray Wilkins had said to the, all the boys, "said Look, we're 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 aiming to win this thing. We're not just going there just to you know be Take the bridesmaids. Yeah. We, we, we're gonna." So he said, "We're stepping up." So he said, um, "If you're late now, this is serious." So he said, "I'm gonna do you a hundred pound." Every minute you're late, cool. on top of the normal fine. I think the normal fine was for being late was like hundred quid. So you know, fifteen minutes late, you're paying sixteen hundred quid. So I, I was late, and I, I I was late because the car had broken down. I come in and and raise like right fucking hell, I have some doing you sixteen hundred quid or, or whatever, blah blah. <laughs> and I was like, oh fuck off, told him to fuck off, which I never. That was not me at all, especially yeah, yeah. But loads of respect for Ray, and he looked at me funny as if to say, you know, what's going on, and as time went by you know I, I was just being a, a bit of a dick really to be honest and we're doing the suit fitting and the boys are fucking about and and the, and the guy said oh it seems like some of you don't want to be here. and i said i don't want to fucking be here and uh then ray, ray pulled me and said look what's going on you've been you, you're not yourself at the moment he said come come and see me and dennis afterwards so went into the office what's going on ice? so they're both sat there behind, behind the desk and I, t- I told ray and ray was like Oh, fucking hell. He said, I'm, I'm, I feel so sorry for you, mate. He said, you know, look, you just got to try and concentrate on the cup final. He said, obviously you love this girl, and blah, 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 blah. Dead nice about it. Why does he go, nice? In just over a week's time, you're going to play in the FA Cup final. He said, there's going to be girls fucking throwing themselves at you. What the fuck are you worried about? <laughs> so you've got, you've got good cop, bad cop. Yeah, yeah. And now, I'm in the room and you've got Ray and Wisey arguing over the best course of action with me with my ex-missus. <laughs> and whether I should invite her to the final, not invite her, just get on with it, fucking tell her I love her. And, and I'm just sat there like <laughs> thinking this is so took over the preparation for the whole cup yeah, one. Nah. So but it was it was kind of what I needed and I felt like they understood now. And they said, Listen, you're never probably never gonna play in the FA Cup final again. Hopefully you do, but you're probably never you've got to take all this in. You've got to try and enjoy it for what it is and don't let yeah. what's happened ruin that. And I did. And and to be fair, I'm glad I had that conversation because as we went on and we got closer to it, I just concentrated on that. I did invite her to the cup final. She did. She did actually turn up with her, with her parents and stuff. And it. And you know what a day. So magnificent. Turn, you, you get there and you, you're in the tunnel, and you you say you're not nervous and you're thinking right, it's just just a game against you know eleven guys. And you look to your left and you, you've got Rude Van Nistelrooy and you've got Ryan Giggs and you've got Paul Skulls and you've got Roy King. Ronaldo. Oh, no, but Ronaldo was nothing to me at the time. No, nothing then. No, he wasn't there. Because he was like, I, yeah, I, 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 I was told to mark him from corners. And, and this is what Wisey said. I've, you pick up the Portuguese lad. That's that's who he was. We didn't know 
yeah, he yeah. wasn't Cristiano Ronaldo then. And within about 20 minutes after he'd ended bloody Robbie Ryan's career, he realised that he was actually all some right, player. All right, Robbie's still going, I think. still sliding. Mate, he was that day. Because we, we, we always used to take the piss because Sven Goran Eriksson was there and he was on the steamboat. He'd been having a few drinks. And he gave Van Nistelrooy the man of the match. Mate, Ronaldo was sensational that day. Yeah, yeah. Van Nistelrooy was nowhere what, near. What, Sven Goran Eriksson was legging? Yeah, he was steamboat, mate. And he gave him the bloody... <laughs> Bloody player of the day. Oh, mate. So, like, you, I remember, obviously, it was at Cardiff, and then we drove home. It's a long drive home. One of my mates was driving. The rest of us were just cracking on in the back, boozing. Yeah. And he's like, a lot of traffic coming out of the city. There's a lot of Man United fans in cars, and they're like, there's not downtrodden. They're not, they was expecting yeah. to win the They've won it so many times before. It was it was our day, in effect. So, what was it like at night time? Was you, was you all, I mean, you would have been down to it to an extent, but... Was it still party time just to celebrate? Yeah, no, the- we, we celebrated a great season. We celebrated yeah, exactly. a great season after that. Like, we got, come in the change rooms and some of the boys were showing the shirts they'd got and, and we were swapping shirts. We'd obviously swapped shirts and all that, that palaver. And then we'd gone back and got changed. We, we'd got changed and we'd gone back and, you know, seen everybody. And Whose shirt did you get? <laughs> this, this is a funny one as well. So, Someone's um, shit like Darren Fletcher. <laughs> nearly, nearly. <laughs> so, I tell you, there. so, the game's going on, obviously... At this point, we're three 0 down. Is that there's a I call it a fifty fifty with me and Roy Keane. It was probably a ninety ten in my favour that I shit myself in, and it turned into a fifty fifty. Right, so me and Roy have gone in. We both missed the ball. We've whacked each other. We both had to get treatment. So Jerry's not come on for me. Their, their, their physios come on for them. And then you know you have to go off the pitch. See, we've gone off the pitch together, and I'm standing literally next to Roy Keane. And he's gone, he's gone up. Well played today, son. No, you, you've put in a good shift. And I thought, fucking hell, that's pretty cool. Keen said that. Yeah, Keen said that to me. Like, sort of tapped me yeah. on the on the arse. Well done today, son. You put, put a good shift in. You played well. You, you know, done yourself proud. And I thought, bloody hell. And I thought, I'm not missing this opportunity. I said, boy, I know the game's not finished. There's about a minute to go, two minutes to go. Said, but can I have your shirt? <laughs> and he said, he said, meet me in the tunnel after the game and I'll give you my shirt. And I thought, all right, we'll, we'll see. So, game finishes. Um, you know, boys are boys are bowling around changing shirts, and I thought, do I change a shirt with somebody that's not going to be as good as Roy Keane, or do I hang on and, and hope for the see, best? See if he's good to his word, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like thinking, you know, there's other like I played against John O'Shea, so John O'Shea was a, was an easy one. I could have gone up and, and swapped, and I thought, oh, John O'Shea, Roy Keane, it's a no-brainer. You've got you've got to go, got to go bigger. <laughs> so we, everything finishes, and all the you know all the shit's gone on, and and that, and I and I go into the into the tunnel. Roy Keane stood there with his shirt off. But now I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do? Because there's no way Roy Keane wants my shirt. But I kind of have to offer it. <laughs> so I sort of I sort of grab my shirt like this and go. <laughs> and it... <laughs> did, did you forget to speak English? I didn't, no, but I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it because I didn't want oh, to right. cover pie. So he, so, and, then he, and, he, and then he just went, no, you're, you're all right, son. I've got, plenty, I've got plenty of shirts. So he gave me his shirt and I said, oh, thank you, thanks very much. And that, that oh, was it. Oh, so got wait, no, it gets worse. It gets worse. So, <laughs> so I walk in the changes. All the boys are showing shirts. And I tell you, everybody was pissed off because Mark McCammon had come on a sub and he'd nicked Ronaldo's shirt. No, yeah, he'd nicked Ronaldo's shirt. Like, obviously, Robbie, Robbie uh-huh. Ryan was fuming because Robbie, Robbie had been ruined by Ronaldo. So if anybody deserved it, it was Robbie. Somebody had gigs and, you know, Van Nistelrooy. So people were buzzing with the shirts and that. And I'm sat next to Dave Livermore and I look at Dave and he's, he looks absolutely devoed. And I thought, you know, what are you so upset about? We've, we've played Man U, obviously we, you know, we were going to struggle today. I said, what's, what's up, mate? 
he said, "Ah, oh, fucking hell. He said, I spoke to Roy Keane at half time. He told me he'd give, give, give me a shirt. And some, some other fuckers nicked it. He said, who, who's, he said, who's have you got? <laughs> I've got, I've got Keane's shirt like behind my back. And I'm oh, like, no. Fuck, I don't really want to do this. So I said, I'll tell you what, what have you got? And he said, no, you won't want, won't, won't, you won't want mine. I said, Look, I'll tell you what, I'll, t- I'll toss a coin and the winner gets Roy Keane's, okay? So oh, we toss fun. a coin, he gets fucking Roy Keane's. So I don't know if I've got it here. It's in my garage, I think. But on, on my, up on my wall, I've got, I feel, but. <laughs> Nicky Barr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he was a, he was like the, he, when they was all coming through, apparently, Nicky Butt was like the one, supposedly, yes. when they were kids. Yes. He, he, although he was always part of that, he was like the most unattractive yes. sort of one, wasn't he? Do you know what I mean? Of like the fucking, uh, whatever they was called, the fucking young, all the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair play to him, mate. Fucking hell. He's a decent player, top man. And, and the funny thing was, no one, got the, no one got them signed. And I thought, shit, if I've got Nicky Butts, at least I'm going to get the fucking thing signed. So as we walked, <laughs> as we walked out the ground, the man new coach was there. And I was walking with, I think I was with Tim, Timmy. And I said, I'm going to go and get this fucking sign. He said, no, you're not. I said, I'm going on the coach. He went, nah. I said, watch this. So I just bowled on the coach. <laughs> Nick, Nicky Butts there with like... Uh, we've sitting next to Roy Keane. Roy Keane's... Nah, they were playing cards. There was four of them playing cards. I think it was it was Gary Neville, Nicky Butt. I can't even remember who it was. But they were sat there playing cards. I went, Nicky, sorry, mate. Sorry to bother you. But there's only chance you can sign this. And I put the shirt on the, on the card table. And he went, yeah, no problem. He signed it. He's probably thinking, I swear I'll give it to a blonde geezer. Hey? He's probably thinking, I swear I'll give that to a blonde geezer. <laughs> yeah, me and Livers. Me and Livers couldn't look any more different, could we? Brilliant. Oh, mate, fucking... See what I'm saying? Like, we was all there. We all saw the football. But these stories here, mate, like, this is the shit that people want to hear. So, after the highs of that season, obviously, the next season was your last at the club. Yeah. Um, but, obviously, due to Man United winning the double, we qualified for Europe. Yeah. The UEFA Cup... Um, you played away at Ferenc Varos in the first yeah, leg. So, yeah, so um, the start of that season, I got injured, I think, it, again, against Wigan, I think it bloody was, maybe. Was it Wigan? Anyway, I played against somebody, done my ankle. And in trying to return from that ankle injury, I had a bone spur on the back of my heel. And it was a nightmare. So anytime I tried to strike the ball, it would catch this bone spur. And honestly, the pain was a joke. So I, I couldn't strike the ball. So I was playing with painkiller and injections. When I was doing this for a few weeks and what we decided was I'd have an operation at some point during the season when we'd have a break. So I literally couldn't train. Most of the time I couldn't walk. I went to Ferenc Barros on crutches. Jesus. Got, yeah. Um, didn't train the day before. Literally couldn't do anything. And the night of the game, the doc came in and had to give me a painkiller injection. He put the first injection in and he missed and scraped my bone. And the, the pain, it was, like a, it was like electricity went through my body. And I jumped off the bed, but he couldn't get the injection in. And I was like, no, nah, look, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not having that again. I'm not having that again. <laughs> and why is it, why is it took me around to, to lie him back on the bed and getting the injection put back in? So, so I, I got it and, and, and I played. Do you know that made that much of a difference then to go from like crutches one minute to fucking running down the wing the next? Well, the, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. But the funny thing was, because it was a bone spur, and the physio had said to me, look, you, you're not going to make it any worse. It literally is just sore. So if you can take the paint, you know, just numb it, you'll be fine. So I did it a couple of games before that as well, just to, to, to see how it went. And I played and I was fine. So mm. going into it, even though I was on crutches, I, was, I fancied that the, that the painkiller injection would work. And I knew I'd be in bits afterwards. But playing in Europe, you know, 
probably that was at that point it was the first time ever you know in the club's history um first time for me and it was just a, a massive buzz and obviously we'd done quite well in the first leg and we fancied ourselves to go through and i remember i remember playing playing and we were, we were going quite well and i'd been smashed in, on the side of the pitch and i came off to get treatment jerry come running over and the fans were right on this sort of metal netting and it was just so old school it was just horrible and i was there and i looked up and the fans are leaning over this thing, absolutely giving me pelters, throwing lighters, throwing coins at me. And I'm, I'm getting treatment at this point. <laughs> and this, this full pie comes over the, over, the, over the fence and nearly hits me, like a ma- massive pie. And the geezer hadn't even taken a bite out of it. I said, Jerry, get me back on the pitch. I said, if geezer are willing to throw full pies without even taking a bite, what are they going to throw next? So I got, I got back on. We, we carried on. And when we did well, I, I missed a very, very good chance. And I, that's one that I've, I should have took a touch and slid it in and I kind of tried to flick it and I remember Wisey going absolutely mad at me because we'd created a few chances and we didn't, didn't put them away that night and we were probably the better team on the night yeah. and, we, and we went out and it was it was pretty devastating to be honest so mate so okay, look looking back seven years like fucking Wembley Cardiff FA Cup final fucking hat trick like um, Europe just every, achieved everything did that play a part in you eventually wanting to leave the club or was it your choice I, I didn't want to leave I didn't want to know. No. Absolutely. No, no, no. That's, yeah. that, that's one thing that's pissed me off over the years because I've had so many people say, oh, yeah, you decided to leave. Absolutely not true. So I can set the record straight here. Yeah. So I had no intention of going anywhere. In my mind, I was thinking we just need to reinvest because obviously we'd lost Timmy. Yeah. Um, there was there was news that we were going to put Stephen Reedy had gone as well. Reedy had gone as well, yeah. yeah. But but I, I still fancied us to, to go again. I thought, if, if you know, you're talking about a million pound, million and a half maybe, we can go and get two or three and we'll have a right go again because we yeah. still had a pretty good squad at that point. Well, we came close, didn't we? I think, and then the FA Cup ended up being a distraction almost, didn't it? The run, it killed us. It killed and, us. and then obviously the following season with Europe, the season yeah. after that would have been a good time to start afresh with no Definitely. distractions. That's what that's what we felt, and 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 it obviously it didn't happen. Um, and I think we'd had the we'd had some had some issues around money at the club, and um, there was a few things going on in the background, and I remember. It was the last day of the season, and I think again I was bloody injured, or I'd just come back. I'd just come back from injury. I'd had my ankle up by this point to get the bone spur taken out, and right. uh, I was playing, but I was like half oh, fit. I wasn't wasn't playing very well. And a couple of games before the end of the season, we played Sheffield United, and Warnock pulled me after the game and said, "I want to sign you." Um, he said, "But you don't look fit." I said, oh, "I've just come back from a from a ankle up," and he said, oh, "I'm going to try and sign you in the in the summer." And, and I just, you know, I've had coaches say that to me before and I thought nothing of it, really. Yeah. And then um, the season finished, last game of the season, and, and I'm chatting to Wisey, actually, in the corridor about what's going on. And he said, look, I think the club want to sell you. I said, what do you mean the club want to sell you? I, I don't want to go. He said, look, I think this is going to happen quite quickly. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Burnage comes around and says, I have to want to speak to you. So he says, the club have agreed to, to sell you to Sheffield United. I said, pardon? Said, the club have agreed to Sheffield I said, I don't want to go. Oh, and I was in tears. I said, oh, I, I could imagine, not. like, just just speaking tonight, I can imagine you're the sort of fella, you know, it took, you know, was at Brighton, come to me, well, that took a little bit of accustoming, yeah. getting used to, and then you settled, you was happy. You didn't want to be shipping up north somewhere, Yorkshire, wherever you yeah. Honestly, it's weird, and, and it doesn't really happen in football. I saw myself playing for Millwall for my whole career. That's how I was, that's how, that's, that was me. I was just that yeah. kind of guy. I, I would love to have done, you know, what others had done. And I you came set, through. You were settled there, you was comfortable. Yeah, with no, I was happy. I was, I was having a great time. I, I, I loved the club. I felt we were having a little bit of a blip, but we were going to come back. 
I looked at someone like Keith Stevens and thought, you know, don't don't get me wrong, legend. I'm not trying to claim I'm anything like that. But paid 500 odd games for the club. I thought, why can't I do that? Yeah. And I remember yeah. I'm there with Jeff and I was in tears. I was like, Jeff, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Look, the club need the money, blah, blah, blah. He said to me. And I said, so I don't get any say in this. He said, look, the club have agreed a fee. I said, well, what happens if I don't agree personal terms? He said, look, Sheffield United really want you. Neil Warnock's a good coach. He said, they've got a bit of money coming in. They're going to pay you what you what you want. They're probably going to go out to the Premier League. So this is your chance to play in the Premier League. I said, but Jeff, surely we can fucking go again. We we can get to the Premier League. Look, look, look at what we've done over the last couple of years. He said, look, Paul, the, the club's running out of money. We need to sell you. We need to sell Wardley. So I was like, I remember going home that night and I was with my new missus by this point and I said, the club want to sell me to Sheffield. And she's like, what does that mean? Like, she wasn't really into football. Did she, 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 didn't go, she didn't go, should we go TGIs? <laughs> I, still, I, still wasn't going, I still wasn't going at that point. I was still, I was still banned myself. So, <laughs> she was going to break I, the moose to get the TGIs. Yeah, no, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So I said, I, I, I don't want to go. And she's like, well, what does it mean? I said, well, it means moving up to fucking Yorkshire. I said, and it's not, that's not for me. And um, I spoke to my agent and said, look, you know, is there anything else out there? And he'd spoken to a couple of other clubs that were interested. And Stoke were really, really interested. And then obviously Peter Sweeney had gone there as well. Sweet, they, wanted, they wanted to sign me. There was a couple of other clubs. And in the end, I went up to meet Warnock. And What's he like? I, I love Warnock. I think he's mate, brilliant. Lunatic. Absolutely mad as a box of frogs. Just, ah, uh, there's some stories I can tell you about him. But we get we get into that. But he, he was he was so honest. It was so, just weird. It, 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 there was no beating around the bush with him. If he didn't like something, he'd just tell you. Um, and anything he thought just came out of his mouth. It was just, it was that straightforward. And I went up and met his, I went up with my missus and met his missus. And we went, went for St. Sweet and we talked about the club and his plans for it. And I came away from it and I was like, so I said, look, fuck, if I'm going to go anywhere, this this could be cool. This could be, all right, I quite, I quite like the feeling. So I went back to my agent. And I said, look, just, all I want is, I just want to double my money. Double my money and I'll, I'll go. I said, if you can get anything on top of that, you can have it yourself. So he negotiated the deal for me and it was it was all done. And I'd agreed it, but I hadn't signed it. And I was getting on the train to go up to Sheffield. And I was going to get picked up by the club there and I was going to go to the ground and I was going to sign it. And I was going to meet my agent at, at the ground. My agent was Andy Gray, the old old, old Millwall player, Palace player, blah, blah, blah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I've been the old Sky Pundit at first. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Andy Gray, yeah, Andy Gray, yeah, midfielder. Midfielder, yeah. wasn't he for us? Yes, yes, yes. I remember. He, he'd sort of deal out, um, and I was going to meet him up there. As I get on the train, my phone goes, it's Mark McGee. I'm thinking, this is weird. And at, at the time, he was managing in Scotland, so I was thinking, well, he's not going to be able to try and sign me, because I think he was at Aberdeen, maybe then, or somebody, it weren't one of the big clubs, put it that way. Yeah. And he said, he said, I'm, I hear you on the move. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm going to sign for Sheffield today. He said, don't sign it. I said, what do you mean? He said, do not sign the contract. I said, well, I've got to. The club is selling me. The club have agreed a fee. I've not got nowhere else to go, really. He said, listen, a very good friend of mine is just about to get a job and he wants to sign it. I said, look, well, give me a bit more than that. He <laughs> to said, give us a clue. <laughs> yeah, I said, he was giving me nothing. I said, give me a bit more than that. He said, look, a very good friend of mine who you know, who you've played against, wants to sign you, but he's not in at the club yet. I'm thinking, this is so weird. And I'm, go I'm going for it. And in the end, I said, look, just give me the name of the bloody coach at least. And he said, Gordon Strachan. I'm like, cool. oh. So I ring, I get off the phone to him. I ring up Andy. I said, Andy, look, I've just had this really cryptic phone call from Mark McGee and he's told me not to sign the deal. Blah. And Andy was like, 
quite pissed off. He said, listen, you, you're going on ifs, buts and maybes. He said, you asked me to get you double your money, I've done it. He's, he's, he's got to one another five bags on top for himself. That's yeah, he's probably got himself done. Is it? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so he, he's, he's seeing that and thinking, fuck, you know, I don't want to get this, see this scuppered. So, but I'm, I'm dead curious because I'm thinking, shit, what's, what's a day? You know, what's a day or, or two just to wait? I said, look, can't we just make an excuse and say, you know, I can't get up there today or, or whatever. <clears throat> and he talked me around into doing it. Went up there, signed the deal. The next day, Gordon Strachan gets announced as a Celtic coach. Oh, fuck me. I was like, oh, what have I, t- what have I done here? So, but as, as it happened... You would have been, been even better up there as well because Scottish, Scottish football obviously ain't, ain't as strong. Terrible. It was but terrible. But you definitely got to play in Europe again for sure as well. No, that's right. So you look at it like that. But I ended up playing in the Premier League, albeit very for a short period of time. But that's what I always wanted to do. And we got promoted into the Premier League, which was pretty special too. Um, so I think I made the right decision, maybe, but that always does play on my mind a little bit that I could have played in, in the Scottish Prem and, and, and played in potentially the Champions League. And mate, the, the good the thing that I'd love to hear, and I'm sure everyone else watching will, will be like, you, you didn't want to leave me a wall. We had that a lot from, yeah. from players, they didn't want to leave me a wall. But mate, honestly, like, thank, honestly, thanks for your time, it's been absolutely unbelievable. So seven right. years, single-handedly took West Ham apart in the Mother's Day Massacre, the best actor I've ever seen, and mate, some unbelievable stories, I've you absolute legend. Top no man, mate. My problem. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 